Hi, thank you for joining me on Holy Spirit Feed. This is Jen Johnson. I can't wait to share what Holy Spirit has been revealing. I'm praying that your spiritual senses will be open to receiving what Holy Spirit has for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Holy Spirit Feed. Today, we're going to be talking about something called koinonia. I'm going to go ahead and start out with reading a definition. It's a Greek word, and it refers to concepts such as fellowship, joint participation, partnership, the share that you have in something, your part in something, a gift jointly contributed, as in creating things together, a contribution socially, sharing and intimacy, community, and communion. Now, this word is all over the New Testament. The Acts Church did this well. They did koinonia very well. Let's read Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. And this is right after Pentecost. Holy Spirit came, tongues of fire, there was speaking in tongues. Peter preaches, and many got saved and touched by the Holy Spirit. All right, so we'll pick up in verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So he added to their koinonia. God blesses koinonia. Just a side note, We're going to be talking about koinonia, our church bodies, our group of believers that we do life with, and I recognize that not all listening have that, but it's God's intention that we do. So I'm praying for each one listening to find that if you're in a season where you don't have that and plug in. It's a part of the abundant life that Jesus promises us, but it's our choice to plug in to something like this. All right, so moving on. A big part of our culture is a thing called social media. Those of you listening, who's on it? Who's on it too much? (laughs) I actually don't think that it's very social. So I don't know why we call it that. Because you don't see people or talk to them or do face-to-face in-person contact. People used to get together and they used to have coffee on their front porch. Does anybody remember that? I do. So to me, it's not social. It's info about people. Facebook is not face-to-face. Sometimes it's a front or a facade that people want others to think is their life. So social media, I felt like the Lord was like, it's a counterfeit of koinonia. It offers a false feeling of connection. Like you think you're friends with these people, But in reality, you never see them, you never share a hug, 
a hand on a shoulder in prayer, like you're, you're not really participating in a relationship. Of course, you know, there are good points to social media. And I'm guessing some of you listening are feeling the tension rising up. You're like, I love my social media. I spent a lot of time on it. But I'm saying it can't be a substitute for genuine koinonia. It just doesn't work. Hebrews 10, 25, I will preach this verse till the cows come home or Jesus comes back, you know, whichever happens first. I'll read this in a couple of versions. New Living Translation, it says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. And some versions say, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Okay, how many think that the day of his return is drawing near? I'm sure we're getting a lot of amens out there. Let's read another version. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And some versions talk about gathering together. So social media, there's no gathering together. It's just gathering information, things that might be happening in people's lives. You're not sacrificing together. You're not living life together. You're doing it separately and then getting bits of info randomly without having the full picture of of someone's actual life. Have you ever been in a situation, maybe you've worked really hard outside and, and you're just parched, like you need water. Like pop, it just won't work. Juice is not going to get it. No way. Like you need water and you need lots of it. Social media is like a little appetizer that makes you feel a little better. So you don't have to take time to eat the full meal, to actually call someone and have a conversation. You get a quick fix by seeing a post of someone's like outing to the beach. So like you're good. Or you feel like, you know, I know that person. They went to the beach. I know that person well. (laughs) When you actually, you maybe don't. And you don't actually have to go to the beach with them. You don't have to get in your car and you don't have to go see them personally. You don't have to make any kind of personal sacrifice to feed the relationship. And you definitely just don't have to give up anything, sacrifice time or possessions to others. It's a convenient, sometimes substitute that we put in the place of our need for true relationship and true koinonia. How many know when we're thirsty or we're hungry, we need the living water, the body of Christ. We need a full meal. You know, sometimes you wake up and you haven't had a meal. Instead, you you just have time to maybe grab a little bit of sugar. How many know what I'm talking about? My dad used to drink coffee and eat cheapy Walmart cookies for breakfast sometimes. <laughs> Crazy. Okay, so... We all know we've done it. Sometimes you wake up, you don't have time to do a full meal or do something good. So you just get a little bit of sugar. And then all of a sudden, you're not hungry anymore. You're good. But you can't sustain life that way. You need nutrition, a full meal. It's the same with people. The little something that you're getting on the socials is not enough. You need that true connection with others. And I would say with other believers. John 4, 13 through 14, 
We're going to read that. The background of this is Jesus, he's with the Samaritan woman, and he says, you know, will you give me a drink? And she says, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. He says, if you knew who I was, you would be asking me for a drink. And we're going to pick up in verse 13. It says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Koinonia is a part of the spring of water that he gives us through his body. We are his body. John 14, 32, the disciples had been urging Jesus to eat something, but he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. In Psalms, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Jesus said he has food for us that we know nothing about. He says, come to the table, the table of communion with him and his body, not the social media platforms. We read earlier that the Acts Church, they, they were devoted. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and breaking bread together. So let's activate this right now. Let's allow Holy Spirit to speak into this for each of us individually. So go ahead and uh, just prepare yourself to hear something, to receive something from Holy Spirit. We're going to ask him a question. Holy Spirit, what am I devoted to? Whatever the response was, that's something that you can work on with Holy Spirit. If he had something to say to you, go back to that later on. Maybe something awesome like he wants you to know that he recognizes that you're hiding the word in your heart. Or maybe you're devoted to encouraging people. It could have been something that that needs to change. Maybe something that you're devoted to and devoting too much time to that he never called you to, whatever that looks like, but spend some time with him and work through that. We are here to hear from Holy Spirit and to respond. So it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to breaking bread together. I'm sorry, but but you can't do that very effectively digitally or live stream. You can do it. It's just not the same. You don't actually koinonia online. Now, there is value to online, for sure. But there is just something about being in person. John 20, 27, it says, this is Jesus speaking to Thomas. It says, then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. This was an in-person conversation. I'm going to read one more version. It says, Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. There's a recipe in this verse to get rid of doubt and step into faith. 
It happens in person. Thomas touched the scars in Jesus's hand. You can't touch the scars virtually. I mean, sometimes awesome things do happen online. I'm not saying that, but you get where I'm going with this. This was an in-person interaction, an encounter. We have a friend who runs a homeless ministry on Saturdays in a town near us. What if he told the homeless people, what if he said, hey, outreach is going to be live streamed this Saturday? Would that work? (laughs) No, it wouldn't work. There's something about him and the ministry and the people trying to pray for other people and hand them hats and scarves and food. There's something about doing that in person, hand to hand. That cannot be live streamed. That cannot be done online. That wouldn't work. No, in our society, everyone had convinced themselves in 2020 that they can just zoom in. That's not really the full experience that God intended for us. It's connection. It's real. It's deep, true connection with him and each other. We call it in-person service. He made us people with bodies for a reason. Yes, we are spirit, but we are in bodies and we need to connect with our body, the body of Christ, regularly. Koinonia is something that develops over time. The more time we spend together, it gets deeper. It sometimes involves making a sacrifice of yourself to lift someone else up. Let's read Philippians 2.3. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. You might say, well, I don't feel like it. I'm tired. Well, that's selfishness. That's what that is. And there's no place for that in the body, in a church family. When that creeps in, we reject it. We recognize that we're not babies. We're not spiritual infants. We're maturing in Christ. And we put others ahead of ourselves. And they do the same, hopefully. But even if they don't, we still do that. Because that's maturity in Christ. That's koinonia. That's a family of believers. That's a whole body. If we are giving of ourselves our time, it's not even ours anyway, right? Because we died to self. We don't get the luxury of selfishness. 1 Corinthians 14.20, it says, Brothers and sisters, do not be children, immature or childlike in your thinking. Be infants in matters of evil, completely innocent and inexperienced, but in your minds, Be mature adults. That's the amplified version. We just wrapped up a growth series recently, and hopefully you were able to grow through that and are still growing. Amen. If you've been a Christian for years, but still think it's about you, then you haven't grown and you need to. Now, speaking practically about being mature and stepping into koinonia, like what does that look like? You may know in your head that that you should walk across the room and say hello, make someone feel welcome, but you don't actually do it. The action is where it's at. The proof is in the pudding. We're not just talking about the people that you like and the people that like what you like. Come on. Like if you're into sports, like, yeah, I'll talk to all the people that are into sports. You know, that's fine. But also talk to the eight-year-old who likes frogs. You know what, if you're not the eight-year-old, then you're a spiritual brother, a sister, a father, a mother to that eight-year-old. 
So quit ignoring them. Be koinonia to them. And they will grow and be the same for someone else. For the four-year-old. But if they don't see it modeled by the mature adults and just people who are older than them, they don't have to be a full adult. You can be 10 and be more wise and mature in Christ than some 50-year-olds. But if they don't see that modeled by people who are older than them, they won't do it. That is why we have an immature church as a whole across the nation. We're not stepping up. We're taking care of only ourselves sometimes. That's not the model. That's not kingdom. Kingdom is reap, then sow. Die, then live. Sacrifice, then harvest. It takes investment. You are investing in something. Is it the right thing? Is it the kingdom? Your time, your money, your resources are going somewhere. Whose bucket are you filling? Is it just yours? Or are your resources being invested in the kingdom, in the people around you? Spiritual mothers, fathers, this is a call to wake up. We've got to step up. We're in a fatherless nation, and we have a motherless church. We may talk about that at some point down the pipeline, but this is a call to action. Brothers, sisters in Christ, step up and into koinonia. Koinonia.